Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed my podcast so far. Please welcome to the show the famous actress who not only appeared on the big screen and on television, but started her career out behind the microphone and has been called the Queen of Suspense. Miss Agnes Moorhead. Miss Moorhead started her career out in 1938, starring in Ripley's Believe It or Not radio show. Miss Moorhead went on to appear on Suspense more than 15 times throughout her career. But what Miss Moorhead is famously known for is for bringing her dramatic acting not only behind the microphone, but to the big screen as well. Starring with Mr. Ray Collins and Mr. Orson Welles, two movies, Citizen Kane and The Magnificent Ambersons, where Miss Moorhead went on to be nominated and won four Academy Awards for her performance in The Magnificent Amberson and six nominated performances in Citizen Kane. But Miss Moorhead comes to the show today to chill our spines as she reenacts for us her first ever appearance on Suspense. It was written by Miss Lucille Fletcher and is the number one radio show ever made. And it was made into a motion picture as well. It is called Sorry, Wrong Number, where Miss Moorhead plays a woman who is frantically trying to call for help, calling 911 and getting a hold of the operator to prevent a murder from happening. And in the second episode, please welcome to the show Mr. Ray Collins. Mr. Collins and Miss Moorhead co-starred with each other in Citizen Kane and the Magnificent Ambersons, but they come back to reenact for us a story that was written by Miss Lucille Fletcher once again, and it is called The Diary of Sophronia Winters. In this episode, Miss Moorhead plays a lady named Sophronia Winters. She writes in her diary a memoir of her life, of what has happened in her life. She is in Florida one day when she meets a man that has been following her throughout the whole day. His name is Hiram. Hiram is a man that traveled from Maine to come to Florida. And him and Miss Winters marry together. But unfortunately, later on in the episode, Sophronia finds out that she does not want to be married to him anymore. I hope you guys enjoy Miss Agnes Moorhead and her performance on the show for today. Please comment and subscribe, guys, and enjoy the show. Thanks. 
This is the man in black. Here again to introduce Columbia's program, Suspense. Our star tonight is one of the most compelling actresses in America today, Miss Agnes Moorhead. Miss Moorhead returns to our stage to appear in a new study in terror by Lucille Fletcher called Sorry, Wrong Number. This story of a woman who accidentally overheard a conversation with death and who strove frantically to prevent murder from claiming an innocent victim is tonight's tale of suspense. If you have been with us on these Tuesday nights, you will know that suspense is compounded of mystery and suspicion and dangerous adventure. In this series are tales calculated to intrigue you, stir your nerves, to offer you a precarious situation and then withhold the solution until the last possible moment. And so it is with Sorry, Wrong Number and the performance of Agnes Moorhead. We again hope to keep you in suspense. I've been dialing Murray Hill 70093 now for the last three quarters of an hour, and the line is always busy. I don't see how it could be busy that long. Will you try it for me, please? I will be glad to try that number for you. One moment, please. I don't see how it could be busy all this time. It's my husband's office. He's working late tonight, and I'm all alone here in the house. My health is very poor, and I've been feeling so nervous all day. Ringing Murray Hill 70093. Your 
call, please. Operator, I, I, I've just been cut off. I'm sorry. What number were you calling? Why, it, it was supposed to be Murray Hill 70093, but it wasn't. Some wires must have got crossed. I was cut into a wrong number, and I, I, I've, I've just heard the most dreadful thing. Something about a murder. And, Operator, you'll simply have to retrace that call at once. I beg your pardon. May I help you? Oh, I, I know it was the wrong number, and I had no business listening, but these two men, they were cold-blooded fiends, and they were going to murder somebody, some poor innocent woman who was all alone in a house near a bridge, and we've got to stop them. We've got to... What number were you calling, please? Well, that doesn't matter. This was a wrong number, and you dialed it for me, and we've got to find out what it was immediately. What number did you call? Oh, why are you so stupid? Well, what time is it? Do you mean to tell me you can't find out what that number was just now? I'll connect you with the chief operator. Oh, I think it's perfectly shameful. Now, look, look, it was obviously a case of some little slip of the finger. I, I told you to try Murray Hill 70093 for me. You dialed it, but your finger must have slipped, and I was connected with some other number. A and I could hear them, but they couldn't hear me. Now, now I simply fail to see why you couldn't make that same mistake again on, on purpose, why you couldn't try to dial Murray Hill 70093 in the same sort of careless way. Murray Hill 70093. I will try to get it for you. Thank you. Oh. I'm sorry, Murray Hill 70093 is busy. I will call you with 20... Operator! Operator! Uh, operator, will you answer me? Your call, please. Well, you didn't try to get that wrong number at all. I asked you explicitly, and all you did was dial correctly. I'm sorry. Uh, what number are you calling? Oh, can't you for once forget what number I'm calling and do something for me? Now, I want to trace that call. It's my civic duty, it's your civic duty to trace that call and apprehend those dangerous killers. And if you won't... I will connect you with the chief operator. Please. Oh, uh, Chief Operator, I want you to trace a call, a, a telephone call immediately. I don't know where it came from or who was making it, but it's absolutely necessary that it be tracked down because it was about a murder that someone's planning. A, a terrible, cold-blooded murder of a poor, innocent woman. Tonight at 11.15. I see. Well, can you trace it for me? Can you track down those men? I'm not certain. It depends. Depends on what? It depends on whether the call is still going on. If it's a live call, we can trace it on the equipment. If it's been disconnected, we can't. Disconnected? If the parties have stopped talking to each other. Oh, but, but of course they must have stopped talking to each other by now. That was at least five minutes ago, and they didn't sound like the type who would make a long call. Well, I can try tracing it. May I have your name, please? Mrs. Stevenson. Mrs. Albert Stevenson. Now, but, but listen... And your telephone number, please. Oh, Plaza 42295. But if you go on wasting all this time... Why do you want the call traced, please? Why? Well... Oh, no reason. No reason. I, I mean, I, I merely felt very strongly that something ought to be done about it. These, these men sounded like killers. They're, they're dangerous. They're going to murder this woman at 11.15 tonight, and I thought the police ought to know. Have you reported this to, to the police? Well, no, no, not yet. You want this call checked purely as a private individual? Yes, yes, but meanwhile... I'm sorry, Mrs. Stevenson, but I'm afraid we couldn't make this check for you and trace the call just in your say-so as a private individual. Well, I... We'd have to do something more official. Oh, for heaven's sake. You mean to tell me I can't report that there's going to be a murder without getting tied up in all this red tape? Why, it's perfectly idiotic. Well, all right, all right. I'll call the police. Thank you. I'm sure that would be the best way to... 
You wouldn't be upset, would you? No, I suppose not. Only it, it, it sounded so inhuman, so cold-blooded. Well, a lot of murders are plotted in this city every day, ma'am. Well, I... We manage to prevent most all of them, but a clue of this kind is so vague. I... Isn't much more use to us than no clue at but all. But surely you... Unless, of course, uh, you have some reason for thinking this call was phony and that somebody may be planning to murder you. Me? Oh, well, no, I hardly think so. Well, I, I mean, why should anybody? I, I, I'm alone all day and night. I I see nobody except my maid, Eloise, and, and, and she's a big girl. She weighs 200 pounds. She's too lazy to bring up my breakfast tray. And the, and the only other person is my husband, Albert. He's crazy about me. He just adores me. Wait, on me hand and foot. It's scarcely left my side since I took six 12 years ago. Well, and there's nothing for you to worry about. But, now, if you'll just leave the rest of this to us, we'll take care of it. what will you do? It's so late. It's nearly 11 now. We'll take care of it, lady. Well, will you broadcast it all over the city and send out squads and, and, and warn your radio cars to watch out, especially in suspicious neighborhoods like mine? Lady, I said we'd take care of it. I... Just now, I've got a couple of other matters here on my desk that require immediate attention. Oh. Good night, ma'am, and thank you. Oh, you, you idiot. Now, why did I hang up the phone like that? Now we'll think I am a fool. Oh, why doesn't Albert come home? Why doesn't he? Operator, for heaven's sake, will you ring that Murray Hill 70093 number again? I can't think what's keeping him so long. I will try it for you. Well, try, try. Oh. So nervous. You don't have to tell me. I know it's busy. Oh, oh if, if I could only get out of this bed for a little while. If I could, if I could get a breath of fresh air or just lean out of the window or, or see the street. Hello, Albert? Hello? 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 Oh, what's the matter with this phone? Hello? Hello? tonight, but it's positively driving me crazy. I've never seen such inefficient, miserable service. Now, 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 look. I'm an invalid, and I'm very nervous, and I'm not supposed to be annoyed. But if this keeps on much longer... What seems to be the trouble, please? Well, everything's wrong. I haven't had one bit of satisfaction out of one call I've made this evening. The whole world could be murdered for all you people care. And now, now, my phone keeps ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing every five seconds or so, and when I pick it up, there's no one there. I'm sorry, for me. I want you to put that call through, whatever it is. It's it one. I'm afraid I cannot do that. You can't. And why? 
Why, may I ask? The dial system is automatic. Oh. If someone is trying to dial your number, there is no way to check whether the call is coming through the system or not. Oh, th- unless the person who is trying to reach you complains to his particular operator. Well, of all the stupid... And meanwhile, I've got to sit here in my bed suffering every time that phone rings, imagining everything. I will try to check the trouble for check you. Check it, check it. That's all anybody can do. Oh, what's the use of talking to you? You're stupid. Oh, I'll fix her. Of all late impudence. Oh, how dare she speak to me like that? How dare she speak to me like that? Oh. Oh, Young woman, I don't know your name, but there are ways of finding you out. And I'm going to report you to your superiors for the most unpardonable rudeness and insolence that has ever been my privilege. Give me the business office at once. You may dial that number direct. Dial it direct? I'll do no such thing. I don't even know the number. The number is in the dial directory, or you may secure it by dialing information. Now listen here, you... Oh, what's the use? I'm going out of my mind. Out of... Hello? Hello? Stop ringing me, do you hear? Answer me. Who is this? You realize you're driving me crazy? Who's calling me? What are you doing it for? Now stop it. Stop it. Stop it, I say. Hello? Hello? If you don't stop ringing me, I'm going to call the police. You hear? The police. <laughs> oh, if Elbert would only come home. <laughs> Let it go on ringing. It's a trick of some kind. And I won't answer it. I won't. I won't, even if it goes on ringing all night. (laughs) Now, what's the matter? Why do they stop ringing all of a sudden? Something. They're sure I'm home. They heard my voice answer them just now. That's why they've been ringing me. Why no one has answered me? Oh, you're being spiteful, aren't you? 
You don't care, do you, what happens to me? I could die and you wouldn't care. <laughs> oh, stop it. Stop it. I can't stand anymore. Hello. What do you want? Stop ringing, will you? Stop it. Hello? It's this plaza 42295. Uh, yes, I'm... I'm sorry. This, this, yes, this is plaza... Four two two nine five. This is Western Union. Yeah. I have a telegram here for Mrs. Albert Stevenson. Yeah. Is there anyone there to receive the message? Yes, I'm Mrs. Stevenson. The telegram is as follows. Mrs. Albert Stevenson, 53 North Sutton Place, New York, New York. Darling, terribly sorry. Tried to get you for last hour, but line busy. Oh, Leaving for Boston, 11 p.m. tonight on urgent business. Back tomorrow afternoon. Keep happy. Love, signed, Albert. Oh, no. Do you wish us to deliver a copy of the message? No. No, thank you. Thank you, madam. Good night. Good night. Oh, Oh. Oh, no. No, I don't believe it. He couldn't do it, not when he knows I'll be all alone. It's some trick. It's some trick. Some fiendish fiend trick. I know. Oh, I'm so nervous. Oh, I don't know the answer. Operator, try that Murray Hill 70093 number for me just once more, please. You may dial that number direct. number of Hensley Hospital. Hensley Hospital? Yes. Do you have the street address? No. No, it's somewhere in the 70s. It's a very small, uh, private and exclusive hospital where I had my appendix out two years ago. Uh, Hensley, H-E-N-C-A. Will you please hurry and... and, uh, Please, what is the time? You may find out the time by dialing Meridian 71212. Oh, for heaven's sake, I've no time to be dialing. The number of Hensley Hospital is Butterfield 7. Butterfield 70105. 
nurse's registry. Who was it you wish to speak to, please? I want the nurse's registry at once. I, I, I want a trained nurse. I want to hire immediately for the night. I see. And what is the nature of the case, madam? Nurse. I, I, I'm very nervous. I, I need soothing and, and companionship. You, you see, my husband is away, and I'm Have also... Have you been recommended to us by any doctor in particular, madam? No, but I really don't see why all this catechizing is necessary. I, I, I just want a trained nurse. I was a patient in your hospital two years ago, and after all, I, I do expect to pay this person for attending me. Well, we quite understand that, madam, but these are war times, you know. I know that. Registered nurses are very scarce just now. And our superintendent has asked us to send people out only on cases where the physician in charge feels it's absolutely necessary. Well, it is absolutely necessary. I'm a sick woman. I'm I'm very much upset. Very. I'm, I'm alone in this house, and I'm an invalid, and, and, and tonight I overheard a telephone conversation that upset me dreadfully. In fact, if, if someone doesn't come at once, I'm afraid I'll go out of my mind. I see. Well, I'll speak to Miss Phillips as soon as she comes in. And what is your name, ma'am? Miss Phillips? And when do you expect her in? I really couldn't say. She went out to supper at 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock? But it's, it's not 11 o'clock yet. Oh. Oh, my clock has stopped. I thought it was running down. What time is it? Just just 15 minutes past 11. What was that? What was what, madam? That, that click just now in my own telephone. As though someone had lifted the receiver off the hook of the extension telephone downstairs? Well, I didn't hear it, madam. Now, about this... But I, I did. There's, there's someone in this house. Someone downstairs in the kitchen. And they're, they're listening to me now. They're listening! I won't... I won't pick it up. I... I won't let them hear me. I won't let them hear me. I'll be quiet. I'll be so quiet. And they'll think... Oh, oh but if I don't call someone now, while they're still down there, wait, there'll be no time. Your call, please. Operator, I'm... I'm in desperate trouble. I'm sorry, I cannot hear you. Louder. I, 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 I don't dare. I, there's someone listening. Can, can you hear me now? I'm sorry. Oh, but you, you've got to, you've got to hear me. Oh, please, please, you've got to help me. There's, there's someone in this house. Someone who's going to murder me. And, and you've got to get in touch with, you oh, oh, there it is. There it is, did you hear it? He's put down the extension phone. He's, he's coming up. Ah! He's coming upstairs. Okay, okay, give me the police department. The police department. Give me the police department. One moment, please. I will connect you. I can hear him. Oh, I can hear him. He's coming near Oh, I know it. Hurry. Hurry. Hurry, please. Martin speaking. Police Department, Martin speaking. Oh, 
Police Department? Police Department. I'm sorry, must have got the wrong number. But don't worry. Everything's okay. So closes Sorry, Wrong Number, starring Agnes Moorhead, tonight's tale of suspense. This is your narrator, the man in black, who conveys to you Columbia's invitation to spend this half hour in suspense with us again next Tuesday when Mr. Donald Crisp and Mr. John Loder will star in the suspense play called The Extra Guest. Producer of these broadcasts is William Spear, who with Ted Bliss, the director, Lud Gluskin, the musical director, and Lucille Fletcher, the author, collaborated on tonight's Suspense. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. to introduce Columbia's program, Suspense. Our stars tonight are Miss Agnes Moorhead and Mr. Ray Collins. You have seen these two expert and resourceful players in Citizen Kane, The Magnificent Amberson, in which Miss Moorhead's performance won her the 1942 film Critics Award. Mr. Collins will soon be seen in the Metro-Golden-Mayer Technicolor film Salute to the Marines. Miss Moorhead and Mr. Collins return this evening to their first love, the CBS Microphone to appear in a study in terror by Lucille Fletcher called The Diary of Sophronia Winters. The story told by this diary is tonight's tale of suspense. If you've been with us on these Tuesday nights, you will know that suspense is compounded of mystery and suspicion and dangerous adventure. In this series are tales calculated to intrigue you, to stir your nerves, to offer you a precarious situation and then withhold the solution until the last possible moment. And so it is with the diary of Sophronia Winters and the performances of Agnes Moorhead and Ray Collins, we again hope to keep you in suspense. February 1st, St. Petersburg, Florida. I, Sophronia Winters, have hereby begun this diary because on this date I feel for the first time that I've begun to live. Diaries are no good unless one has thrilling experiences. For 40 years, I've never had what could really be called a thrilling experience. But Papa's death has changed everything. Here I am in beautiful St. Petersburg with everything to start life anew, money in my purse, two suitcases full of new clothes, and a gorgeous new permanent wave. And Florida is really the land of romance. It doesn't matter whether you're 17 or 70. There are parties and dances and bingo games and flirtations for all. My landlady, in fact, tells me that people often become engaged and even married to perfect strangers overnight. I'm still shy, of course, but just the same. It's such fun and so thrilling to think one's fate may be just around the corner. (laughs) 
February 3rd. Oh, diary, it is beginning. This morning when I came out of my lodging house to go down to the beach, I noticed a man, a thrilling-looking man, sitting across the street on a bench. It was just as though he were waiting for me because when I came out, he sort of started up as though he knew me. Of course, I didn't speak first, but I knew the minute I started down the street that he was following me. Well, I got to the beach and sat down with my magazines, and suddenly there he was, strolling toward me with a broad smile. Well, sitting out here all by your lonesome? Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Didn't I see you last night over at the Starfish Tea Room? The Starfish Tea Room? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yes, I was there yesterday. But it was so crowded, I'm afraid I don't recall. Quite a nice cuisine they've got over there. It... Mind if I sit down beside you? Not at all. Oh, oh just a minute. Uh, sit on this magazine. The beach is so sandy. Oh, sand doesn't bother me. I'm from Maine, you know. We get plenty of sand up there. Do you? You've been down here at St. Pete long? Oh, just three days. Three days? That's a long time. Mm-hmm. It's a wonder I didn't spot you before. Oh, Mr. Uh, Johnson's the name. Hiram Johnson. Oh. I come from Green Harbor, Maine. Run a big hotel up there, Summers. Oh. Well, that's my whole history in a nutshell. My name's Sophronia. Sophronia Winters. Sophronia? Uh-huh. Well, you know, that's quite a coincidence. My sister-in-law's name was Sophronia. Oh? Sophronia Johnson. You ever heard of her? She looked quite a bit like you, too. Sophronia Johnson? No, I'm afraid I haven't. Who was she? Someone very famous? <laughs> I'm so ignorant about these things. Oh, that's all right. Say, look at that sun, will you? I'd say it was pretty nearly time for lunch. And Diary, darling, he is wonderful. Strong and kind, warm-hearted, so generous. I don't want to be like the other silly women in this town, but Hiram is different. There's there's something almost poetic about him, something sad and, and deep. You know, Sophronia, it's kind of mysterious us finding that nine-point starfish on the beach together. My sister-in-law, Sophronia, used to collect nine-point starfishes. And to think your name, Sophronia, and you find a nine-point starfish with me. Well, it kind of draws us together, eh? Huh? What do you think? As though I'd known him all my life. My landlady says it's foolish. But look at Romeo and Juliet. Weren't they foolish? What's the good of waiting, Sophronia? I've got to be back at the hotel in a week. We we may never see each other again. Oh, Hiram, don't say that. I, I couldn't bear it. Then let's do it right away. Tomorrow? There's a parson out on Coral Avenue who'll do the job for us. We can take a nice moonlight drive out to the alligator farm afterward, have a nice shore dinner, then climb on board the Orange Blossom tomorrow night for Maine. Oh. Just think of Maine. The big dark pine woods, the sand, the bay. The two of us alone together. Two of us alone together. February 7th, on board the Orange Blossom. I was married in a wedding dress of Alice Blue Moire, with a frill of white organdy at the collar and wrists, and a rhinestone belt buckle. Hiram sent me talisman roses. I'm pressing one precious flower between the pages of this diary for luck. Bend in a couple of minutes. Uh, bags heavy? No, not particularly, dearest. 
Oh, I can't get over that taxi manifestation. Imagine his insolence, saying he couldn't drive us over. <laughs> Maybe he didn't have any gas. It happens sometimes around here. Well, anyway, I'm glad the weather's so mild. Can you imagine what it would be like in a blizzard? There's the place. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't want to look until I put down these bags. <sighs> now, where? There. Through those big pine trees. Oh. Oh, it is big, isn't it? 125 rooms. So many fire escapes and balconies and porches and towers. I uh, I stayed in a hotel like that once years ago with Papa. It was very fashionable there. My grandfather built that place 50 years ago. Hasn't been changed much since. No? Well, of course, you've put in modern plumbing. Not yet. Here we are. Walk in. Oh, what's that? Just a foghorn out in the bay. Fog? We get it almost every night in this kind of weather. What are you locking the gate for? Why not? There's nobody coming in after us. Or going out again for a while. But I, I thought you said the hotel. The hotel's empty. Hiram. What is it now? Hiram, darling, I know it sounds silly, but but let's not go in there tonight. Let's let's wait until morning. Why? Oh, just because it's so dark and empty, there's not a light in the whole place, and no one's expecting us. What do we eat? Where will we sleep? Let's stay in the village just for tonight. I've got things to eat and a place to sleep. Come on. Oh, my arm. Hiram. Hiram. Do you remember my telling you down in Florida about my sister-in-law, Sophronia? Well, that's her over there on the wall. Take a look at her. Hiram, you hurt me. Oh, that glass is very dusty. She must have died many years ago. But her face is sweet, very sweet. And her eyes, it, there's something very sad and wistful about her eyes. She was a murderess. She was hanged in Portland 25 years ago for the murder of my brother Ephraim here in the lobby of this hotel. She murdered him in cold blood with an axe. That fire axe hanging over there on the wall. Hiram. It was a summer day. There were guests sitting out on the front porch in the rockers. It was just after lunch. My brother Ephraim was sitting at the desk counting his loose change. My mother was crocheting in that old wicker rocking chair. Sophronia came downstairs humming a hymn. Oh, don't, Hiram. Please, please don't tell me anymore. Why not? Well, it makes me nervous to hear it like this in this big shadowy lobby. And, and your eyes, Hiram. Your eyes. Hiram, you're acting so strange. Hiram, what's the matter with you, dear? I, I know it was a terrible tragedy, but it happened 25 years ago. Don't touch me, Sophronia. Don't touch you. Do you remember what I said to you in Florida? What did you say? Well, you, you said a million sweet and wonderful things to me, Hiram. I said you resembled my dead sister-in-law. Look at her again. Look at her closely. Sophronia. But why? Oh, no, no, I can't. It's too horrible. I can't look at her face with any pleasure now, knowing she was a murderess. You're afraid to look at that? It's... No, no, I'm not afraid. Hiram, Hiram, please, my arm. Oh, very well. Hello. Now, stand there quietly. Like that. Take off your glasses. Uh, that's all I wanted to see. That's all I wanted. 
February 13th, Green Harbor Hotel, Maine. I can't understand it. I try to fathom it, but my headaches and my heart is heavy. The hotel is deserted. Has been for 25 years. Everything is covered with spiders and cobwebs. Great dining room with its oak woodwork is alive with rats. And the row of broken rocking chairs on the front porch faces emptily out to sea. Does he mean this to be my home? He's downstairs in the shabby parlor, off the lobby, playing the harmonium. Sonia. Yes? Yes, Hiram? Sleeping? No, dear. Why is your door locked? Come out. I want to show you around the place. It's... It's all right, dear. I've, I've seen it. I, I've seen just about everything. No, you haven't. You haven't seen the grounds at all. The grounds? But, Hiram, it's after midnight. I want to show you where my sister-in-law, Sophronia, is buried. Well, no. Not tonight, dear. Please, it's so late and I, I have a headache. Open the door, Sophronia. I want you to come now. No, no, I shan't. Oh, go away and let me alone. I won't. I, I won't. I won't. No use carrying on like that. You oh. see, I, I have pass keys to all the doors. Beyond, where those four birches are standing, is where my sister-in-law, Sophronia, was laid away 25 years ago. It was the biggest funeral in the neighborhood. Folks crowded outside the gate with the dozens trying to get a look, but we wouldn't let them. Buried her ourselves without a service out here by herself on the grounds. Ephraim was buried in town, but not Sophronia. I had a feeling I'd have to keep an eye on her even then. Keep an eye on her? I knew she was one of those restless sleepers who wouldn't stay quiet in her own grave. I knew before the year was out she'd find some way to start roaming around hunting for mischief again. She was a young she-devil to the core, Sophronia. They could hang her till doomsday. Wouldn't do any good. You mean... You mean the... You think she haunts this hotel? No, no, not this hotel. She never had any use for it, alive or dead. No. She makes for the warmer climates. She was always a cold-blooded little fish, freezing and shivering all the time. It's places like California and Texas and Florida she makes for. Florida? Yes, that's one of her favorite haunts, particularly around St. Pete. She likes the flowers and the sun and the romance. Hiram, I feel cold. Do you mind if I go inside Just now? a minute, just a minute. I, I haven't explained everything. You think I'm crazy, I guess. Crazy. But I'm a lot smarter than some people give me credit for. Because, you see, I have found her now. Three times. Do you see that grove of birches over there? Under every one of them's a grave. I found her wandering the earth in disguise three times. And I've killed her three times. And it still doesn't do any good. She's still restless. You... You mean you... You killed... Three different women? So now I keep another open grave to remind her. It's waiting now. Would you like to see it? 
Sophronia? No, Hiram. No, no, please, I... Are you afraid to see it, Sophronia? No, I... Hiram, you don't mean to say that you think... Just because my name happens to be Sophronia and that, that I look a little like... Think I... what, Sophronia? Nothing. February 14th. My mind is made up. I made a terrible mistake, and I must get away from this place. I must get away from Hiram as quickly as I can. <coughs> it should be easy. There's no fog today. If I can only escape from the hotel, I can run and hide in the pine woods. No. No. I shall wait for dusk when he generally sits down in the parlor and plays the harmonium. <coughs> I can hide a little earlier in one of the deserted rooms and, and, and then when his back is toward the lobby, slip out the front door. Sophronia. 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 Oh, there you are. What's the matter? Anything wrong? No, Hiram. You didn't want anything outside, did you? Because if you do, you'll have to ask me to get it for you. You see, I always keep the front door locked. Yes, Hiram. Yes, the back door, too. And all the doors leading out into the porches and fire escapes. And a good many of the windows. It makes one feel safe from thieves and peeping toms. Oh... You've got a cold. That's too bad. Yes. I must have caught it last night. Outdoors. The damp. You ought to be in bed. A good bed. The only good bed in the house is in my sister-in-law, Sophronia's old room. No, no, Hiram. I'm all right. Is, is this a little head cold? Oh, little head colds often develop into pneumonia. Why, it's too bad. I didn't think of that before. You might have slept in it from the beginning. Here. Up these stairs. What? What's the matter? Are you so weak? No. <coughs> no, I'm all right. This room is the cleanest in the hotel, too. I've always had a sort of suspicion about it. You see, I've kept everything as it was. What's the matter? Nothing. Nothing. It's just... A... It seems kind of familiar. No, no, no. It, it's just that seeing it so clean, seeing it as though someone were living here, as, as, as though they, they'd only just stepped out for a moment. It's as she left it that afternoon when she walked down to murder my brother. You see her needlework on the table with a needle sticking in it? And her hymn book still open? Mm. She was very fond of singing hymns, Sophronia was. Had a nice voice, too. I used to accompany her. Oh. I'll turn down the bed for you. And you can get undressed while I go and make you some hot tea. No, I don't want any. Here's the closet. You can put on one of Sophronia's dressing gowns. Diary. I'm beside myself. I shall go mad. I shall go mad. Two hours have passed since he locked the door upon me. Night's fallen and I'm alone. Alone in this horrible room with its hideous little mementos of death. I, I'm sitting here at her little wicker table trying to be calm. 
trying to write this. Somehow, when one writes about a thing, it, it doesn't appear so real. My hand is just brushed against her needlework. Her hymn book. Where they still lie. Waiting. I can bear having them near me no longer. I must get them out of sight. Anywhere. In that closet. A bureau. Ready for your tea? No. Uh, yes, Hiram. Why aren't you in bed? You take worse cold, you know. I'll get in bed in a minute. Uh, first, I... Oh. Brushing up on your needlework again? My needlework? You've got it in your hand. Have I? Oh, oh yes. Yes, so I have. But I, I wasn't working on it, Hiram. I swear I wasn't. I, I, I've never done a stitch of needlework in my whole life. I don't know one embroidery stitch for another. Now, let me show you. Look, I don't even know how to hold the needle. Get into bed, Sophronia. You're feverish. Before we go on, Hiram, before you go on thinking, I, I, we've got to have an understanding. You've got to let me explain. I... I I was born in 1892 in Kalamazoo, Michigan. My name is Sophronia, that's true, but they name lots of people Sophronia. I, I, I was named for my grandmother. She had just died. No, 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 you've got to listen to me. I've lived in Kalamazoo all my life. If you'd only just write a letter or send a wire. Well, I've never heard of Green Harbor in my whole life. I, I never went anywhere. For almost ten years, I stayed home day in and day out nursing Papa. He had, he had a stroke. I wasn't out of the house. It was a red brick house in the green shot. February 15th. Now I live only from moment to moment, listening to each creak upon the stairs. <coughs> I've been in bed all day. It's night now. A foghorn has begun to blow again. February 19th. I, I woke up early this morning after a wretched night and... And the date was burning in letters of fire in my brain. If he's planning to kill me, it'll be today. But the hours have been crawling on. It's almost midnight. Oh, why, if he's going to kill me, doesn't he do it at once? Why does he torture me like this? I'd rather be dead than sit here in this room one moment longer. I can't bear it. If he doesn't come in five minutes, I shall force him to come. I shall beat on the door. I know. No. Rather let me sit quiet praying that he doesn't come. Oh, I want to live. I want to live. Sophronia! It's come. Sophronia! Come downstairs. I want you to sing me a hymn. Sing. Sing? He, he never asked me to sing for him before. But she sang. I, I can't sing, dear. I, I told you that long ago. Did you? Well, I've forgotten. And besides, how can I come downstairs when my door is locked? It's unlocked. Try it. Unlocked? Oh, no. How could it be? Oh. oh, it is, it is. 
Yes, and I never know it. I never know it. Coming? He unlocked it. Sometime while I was just sitting. Oh, why didn't I try a few more times? Why did I just sit there assuming? No. No, he's caught me anyway. He'd have known. But I might Oh, now it's too late. He's going to kill me. Sophronia. Yes, Hiram. I'm coming. In here, in the parlor. What are you doing there, Hiram? Waiting to hear you sing. You're at the harmonium? Yes. All right. I'll sing. I haven't sung in years, but I might as well. I'll sing for you out here in the hall. My voice will carry better. It always did carry better in the hall, didn't it, Sophronia? So you remember that, too. Of course, you know both the front and back doors are locked. Play a few bars, Hiram, dear, to warm me up. Shall I sing, too, Sophronia? Would you like me to sing along with you? If it pleases you, Hiram. Work for the night is coming. Work in the morning sun. Work for the night is coming. When man's work is done. Work while the daylight dawns. Shall I read it to you? Yes. Yes, go ahead. March 22nd. I've been sick, I think, for a very long time. The pages of my diary are blank, but I shall take you out again for a diary today and start you over again. No. No, I shall never look back at the other pages. I shall only write on and on about this beautiful place so that no one reading this diary will ever know that I did it. <laughs> but I did do it, diary. I was smarter than he. When I opened that door at the head of the stairs and heard the music, when I saw the fire axe still hanging on the wall. <laughs> I was so cautious. 
so terribly cautious. I tiptoed like a little mouse, even as I sang the hymn into that room where he was playing. But I was clever, so much cleverer than he. I kept on singing. And now I'm free. Free as a bird. I'm free and he shall never catch me now, not this time or ever again, because... Because he's dead. Isn't he, nurse? Nurse, isn't my dear brother-in-law, Hiram, really dead? Yes, miss, he's dead. And now I'll thank you to hand me that diary. The doctor doesn't approve of the patient's writing anything. And so closes the diary of Sophronia Winter, starring Agnes Moorhead and Ray Collins. Tonight's tale of suspense. This is your narrator, the man in black, who conveys to you Columbia's invitation to spend this half hour in suspense with us again next Tuesday when Richard Dix, Gail Page, and Montague Love star in Death Flies Blind. The producer of these broadcasts is William Spear, who with Ted Bliss, the director, Lud Gluskin, the musical director, Lucian Mahowick, the composer, and Lucille Fletcher, the author, collaborated on tonight's Suspense. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Well, guys, that does it for Miss Agnes Moorhead and her performance on the show for today. If you've liked it, please comment and subscribe. You can now follow me on your favorite podcast platform by going to the search bar and typing in Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Again, that's Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. I'm available on Spotify, Google, Apple, CastBox, Icebreaker, Podcast, Podcast Addict, and many others. Please welcome to the show next fr- next Tuesday night, Mr. Joseph Kearns. And next Friday night, please welcome the television and singers, Mr. and Mrs. Ozzy and Harriet Nelson in The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet Nelson. And the last Tuesday of this month, guys, please welcome to the show Miss Ellen Drew and Miss Maureen O'Hara in the last rose of summer and the Friday after that please welcome Don Amici and Miss Francis Langford back to the show in the Bickersons and next month guys stay tuned every Tuesday as I bring a variety of different writers producers and directors to the show so stay tuned for their uh, performances and every Friday next month 
I'll have something to tickle your funny bone. If you've liked the podcast, please comment and subscribe, guys. Thanks. Have a great day.